0: Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Thursday, March 11th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen, alongside Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And here we are, Coach, the first big slate of the second half of the NBA season coming off a good night for us last night. Yeah, it was a
1: great night. And welcome back, by the way. I oh, know you, you had hit the road, man. It was uh, it was awfully lonely talking to myself on these uh, podcasts. So, so glad to have you back. Everybody was asking, uh, you know, where's Andrew? So um, Took the, really awesome to have you back.
0: Yeah, thanks. Took the All-Star break with the players. But you held down the fort well, so thank you for that. And Handled the golf, and it was fun to see Dawson on for the All-Star show. And and here yeah. we go. Uh, 11 yeah, games. it was great. Yeah,
1: and we've got you know we've got this streak going. So you know, and I'm not one of those guys that uh, I do knock on wood a little bit, but let's keep this streak going. And you know, it's it's up to five, and uh, including that doesn't even count the All Star game, which uh, you know we we also hammered uh, that really well. But yesterday was an awesome night. You know, we had some guys members uh, with takedowns, and we were all over leaderboards everywhere. So the key factor now is. This 11 game slate with all this news, all the COVID stuff, uh, you know, the big thing is let's get this nailed down and keep this uh, money train uh, roaring down
0: the tracks, as they say. Absolutely. Don't let it stop. Let's keep it rolling. Yes. So uh, let's get after it here. With the 11 games, we have seven teams involved in a back-to-back and four totals now over 230. Mm -hmm. Game one, there's only one seven o'clock game. It's Detroit- against charlotte this is one of the lower totals it has gone up a little bit on betus.com.pa our presenting sponsor it's now at 225 charlotte mm-hmm. favored by five and a half and for the news we've got delon wright questionable for detroit and Devonte graham probable for charlotte to get back in the lineup what are your thoughts on game one well i mean it's an interesting game It's not a game that I'm
1: going to focus on, you know, because there are some intangibles here that we have to look at. Um, You know, the the spread is good. The number's not too bad. Uh, You know, my biggest concern is the pace, though. Um, Detroit is sitting at 25th, and Charlotte is 12th. So, bit of a pace game for Detroit, but uh, some of these Detroit games have been, Fairly low scoring, and then all of a sudden they'll throw in a, a big giant score game. But uh, you know, a little concerned about the pace with with so you know you can cherry pick the best of the best with a, with twenty two teams playing. So this isn't going to be a huge focus. There is one side though that makes me want to have exposure here, and that is the defensive efficiency of twentieth and nineteenth. So neither one of these teams exactly tearing it up on the defensive end. You know, it's interesting. They announced, as you mentioned, Graham is probable, so he's more than likely going to play tonight. But they did announce that LaMelo Ball is going to remain in the starting lineup. So I don't know if you've heard anything, but does that mean they're going to go three-guard lineup with, uh, you know, all, th- all three of, of Graham, Ball, and Rozier? Or does that mean Graham's coming off the bench? Did you happen to catch any anything with that? I haven't
0: heard anything definitive about Graham. I could see it going either way. Certainly, okay. would, wouldn't surprise me if they brought him off the bench to start, with his minutes probably being a little bit limited. That way, he can run the second unit, ease back right. in, and it's a pretty solid front line if they go with Hayward and PJ Washington, and then whoever's going to start Zeller back in the mix here. So, I, you know, right. I can see them going either way, but I would guess they would—he would come off the bench at least initially.
1: Yeah, because I mean, unless they're going to just you know, punt center and play PJ at center. I don't see, certainly Hayward, you know, isn't going to sit. PJ's been consistent and Zeller's, their general 24-minute center that that is productive. So, you know, I bring that up because that gives me a little concern. I've been, you know, probably the highest owned guards I've had in the last week and a half, you know, when Graham was out, were both uh, LaMelo and Rozier or one or the other because it was just, so much value with those guys. Uh, their prices have gone up, and now with that little twist of Graham in there, I'm just a bit concerned. You know that Detroit slows it down, and that uh, you know <clears throat> affects some of that guard rotation. So, not super high uh, on Charlotte's side for that reason, um, and certainly with the bigs, uh, not not jumping for joy with the, sort of the split there. I guess P.J. Washington's minutes are probably the safest because he'll play four and five, but he's just so unpredictable, as we know. I mean, we had him one night with, what, 67 fantasy points and the next night with eight.
0: Right. So,
1: yeah, if that's the the model of inconsistency right there. So, you know, not that crazy on that side. On the Detroit side, though, you know, I just, Jeremy Grant has just got to be in consideration, in in my opinion. He's such a ball dominant guy, and he just gets it done night in and night out. Uh, Charlotte's had a, a little t- a difficult time on the defensive glass. Um, and, you know, certainly Grant attacks the offensive paint, um, but maybe Zeller helps that a little bit. So, not real interested in this game right off the bat. Uh, I would like to be able to fit in Jeremy Grant if I could make it
0: work. How about you? I think Jeremy Grant is playable. He's probably the target I would look at the most on Detroit. But I'm not too excited about this game, uh, especially with the question mark of DeLon Wright. And then all of a sudden that changes the rotation with Dennis Smith Jr. and and Saban Lee. So I would more likely look at one of the Charlotte guys to go against that below average Detroit defense. But with the three guards there, not thrilled about it. The one price tag I do like is Rozier on FanDuel. He's sixty nine hundred. I think that's a decent value for him. Fair, yeah. So he'd be the guy we'd look at from this game most likely. Sounds good. All right, game two. We move to seven thirty. It's Boston and Brooklyn. The first TNT game of the doubleheader. Nice juicy total here of two thirty three. Close spread with Brooklyn favored by two and a half. Marcus Smart back in for the Celtics. He's going to be on a minutes limit. And with Brooklyn, KD is still out. And their new acquisition, Blake Griffin, is going to sit this one out. Uh, And then we've got Jeff Green, questionable, and TLC, doubtful. So with that big move of the acquisition of Griffin, uh, people are excited to see what that's going to look like. Is he going to start? Is he going to be the, the main guy off the bench? We're going to have to wait and see because we're not going to see him tonight. Uh, but this will still be an exciting matchup, uh, good potential here. On the Boston side, for some reason, I'm leaning towards Jalen Brown a little bit as a, a sort of a middle payup option, certainly a lot cheaper than Tatum on both sites. Uh, Marcus Smart, that'll be interesting to see. What, what does he take away from Kemba, who has gotten back into the groove a little bit? Robert Williams III is a guy you could look at in terms of the bigs. On the Brooklyn side, I've, I've been leaning towards Harden a lot lately and played him when he played against Houston, his old team there. But this is a game where I, I'm not really excited about spending over 11000 for him. So I think I probably would go to Kyrie Irving if I was going to go to one of those Brooklyn guards. And Bruce Brown's another way you could get exposure to this high total mid-5K range on both sites. I think he's playable. DeAndre Jordan is a nice value on FanDuel, and this is an interesting slate for centers. We've got uh, several it value is. options to talk about. That's going to be a hard decision to make tonight. Um, for sure. So I, I, I probably will get a player from this game, maybe one from each side. Um, don't know that I would stack it with you know three or four guys on this big of a slate. But this is, a, this is an interesting one. I'm curious what, what your take is on it.
1: You know, this is very interesting because, uh, you know, my theory, and, and I mention it all the time, is I, I like to fade some of the big televised TNT or national televised games because when you have a good matchup with a lot of people interested and a lot of people watching, inevitably I think you get a big five to 10% bump ownership on almost everybody across the board. So it's a nice fade spot, you know, if, if you don't, you know, aren't forced, uh, into a play here. And I just, I don't feel forced into a play and I could be wrong here, you know, with the number on the over under being so high and the spread being so close, you know, it, it, it makes me, uh, you know, think that, that this does deserve some ownership, but nobody just dives off the sheet for me. I'm with you on Harden. Yeah, he's a great play all the time, but do you really need to pay up that extreme in, you know, 11-game slate? And it just it it ties your hands with the building of the rest of your lineup. And, you know, he could easily split a lot of that with Irving, and, you know, having Marcus Smart back in, even though on a lim- minutes restriction, it screws up, you know, to me, some of Harden and Irving's, uh, you know, uh, production, because, you know, they'll he'll guard one of them inevitably, uh, and then they split and stagger Harden and Irving, so he'll be on one of those guys uh, when the other one's out. So, you know, that that gives me some question there and you know and it's it certainly uh makes me not want to spend up and there's really no in between you know when when you look at at Kemba now with his price that that's gone up and Jalen Brown and Tatum and Harden and Irving those those five guys they're going to cost you and again you're going to get some false ownership uh with the televised game and you know the statistically speaking Uh, you know, from a a pace standpoint, um, Boston's 23rd. So that's not exciting. And Brooklyn's ninth. And then on the defensive side, 17th and 25th, which isn't anything to write write home about. Boston has gone down uh, on that number quite a bit. And I think that's why the over under is so high. But, you know, it's this is a hard one. I, I don't know if it's too risky to fade the entire game, you know. I'm the same as you, though. If I had to pick one guy out of the mixture of those higher price guys, I think maybe Kyrie is the guy because I think, uh, and when push comes to sh- shove, you're going to see smart on harden more so. Uh, and they do have other guys too, Boston, that they can take turns on harden, like an Ojele or. Uh, G- Javante Green and some of these guys just to keep a fresh body on them. So, I'm slightly uh, looking at Irving here, but you know I may take a, uh, the risk to fade this game as much as possible, even though it it does make sense. I think there's other places we can go uh, for
0: value and then buy up as well. Absolutely, yeah. We have other 230 total games coming along, so we'll get to those in a little bit. But next up we have a 225 and a half. Game. It's Atlanta against Toronto. Atlanta favored by three. They're only going to be missing Cam Reddish, but Toronto is still going to be missing Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, Siakam, uh, McCaw, and Flynn. And then Terrence Davis is questionable. So wow. uh, lots of uh, value opportunities in, in terms of increased minutes, maybe not necessarily prices for Toronto, but uh, what do you think about this one?
1: I mean, it's it's unavoidable. I mean, you somebody's got to get all that usage for Toronto. I mean, and generally when you have a huge chunk of guys out, if you can plug in a couple of guys, uh, their usage numbers are going to, in some cases, triple, literally. Um, and, and you can get value or buy up that makes perfect sense. I like this game a lot. I, I think, you know, to me... I'd rather focus on this game than the one prior for multiple reasons. Uh, You know, pace isn't the greatest thing in the world. They're 22nd and 14th, but it's, you know, it's not terrible. Uh, Defensively, 24th and 14th. So defensively, some major struggles, especially for Atlanta. And, uh, you know, Toronto certainly isn't going to have the same defensive uh, prowess with all those guys out. So, you know... Immediately, I think you have to look on the Toronto side. There's two teams today, and I'm interested to get your opinion, Andrew, but I think you have to start your builds with Toronto Raptors and Philadelphia 76ers because of the value and that usage bump that's way through the roof. I mean, you take all those guys you mentioned for Toronto off the floor and you take Embiid and Simmons in that Philly game off the floor – I mean, it, it to me, it forces your hand. And in this game, you know, I think there's three guys from the Raptors. Uh, I haven't decided which two I'm going to use. I'm not going three deep in a uh, 22 teams playing type slate here, but I am going to go two deep. And it's, of course, the obvious Lowry and then Powell and Boucher. I think those three uh, really have the best potential here to have good games and to, uh, you know, far exceed their value. And then uh, I also want to say on the Atlanta side, I don't think Trey Young's a bad play at all. I think he's he's been playing with a chip on his shoulder regarding the All-Star game and everything that took place. And it was in his town there in Atlanta. You know, I think he comes out in the same scenario with that you know, killer instinct and plays. And they desperately need wins. They're playing for a new coach. And, you know, that's why Trey is the only guy that I really love here because I don't know how this new coach – he's only coached one game. What is his rotation really going to be now that he's got uh, all his guys uh, back and playing pretty much? So, you know, is the Herders, Snells, Collins, Capellas, you know, all these other guys that are going to be in the mix there – what are their real minutes with the rotate? What is the rotation going to look at? And I, I'd like that to settle out a little bit before I I see where that coach is going to favor. So uh, for me, again, this this may be the most important game on the slate for me. Uh, as of right now, I'm looking to buy up for Trey Young, believe it or not, which I don't normally do, but his price is a lot fairer than it used to be. And then uh, again, you know, two of the three studs for toronto i think make perfect sense are you
0: on this game like i am i'm on it a little bit not quite as much i'm I'm glad you mentioned the philadelphia value i like those guys a little bit more than toronto overall just because they're so much cheaper and we'll get to that here in a little bit i mean if we didn't have that philly value then i would be all over the three guys you mentioned for toronto and i still think those are the guys to look at and i could still play one of them Maybe even two, but probably one of them in my lineups. I wish they weren't quite as expensive, especially Powell in the mid-7K range. That's unfortunate. Um, With Atlanta, I also agree. Trey Young, he has a lot to prove. And actually, when these guys played early in the season, he had 28 points and 13 assists, and Toronto had all their good defenders out there. So there's no reason he can't smash again. With the rest of Atlanta... The guy that I want to mention as a potential value play is Bogdanovich, and you'll remember back before the break, I was talking about him as, hey, if we can just get him to get a few more minutes and stay at a good price, then I'm going to be all over him, and this is where we finally are. He's played 16 minutes and then 20. Now he's had the all-star break to get even healthier, and he's only 3,500 on both sites. So... I'm not sure which lineup he's going to get in for me, the cash lineup or the GPP, but I expect him to be in one or the other. I just think that price is way too low for a guy that, again, even if it's only 20 minutes, I think it's going to be 20 healthier minutes than what we saw in that last game against Orlando. So I'd like him as a value play. That's a good point. And if he sneaks
1: up and gets 30 minutes, you know, you've got a bonanza pick right there. Exactly.
0: All right. Game four. We we move to eight o'clock. This is Orlando against Miami, a, a battle of Florida. Both these teams are going to be playing tomorrow night on the road. And this is a low total here, two, ten and a half. Miami, yeah. Miami favored by 8. We've got some big news here with Evan Fournier out, Ennis is out, and we might have Aaron Gordon back in the mix. And then with Miami, Bam and Myers-Leonard are both out. So yeah. some obvious value here. We'll just start with Miami, O'Linick. Gets a great opportunity here. He took advantage of it against New Orleans. 37 minutes, big double double, added seven assists. So Olinik is certainly in play as one of those centers you can look at. I'm not really scared of Vucevic uh, shutting him down, especially at that price. I'm not going to go with any of the Miami guards. You know, everybody's back now. Last game, it was interesting that they had Drogic coming off the bench. And that really took away from Hero. He didn't do much. And this is a slow-paced game. 16 and 26. Um, Offense is 26 and 24th. So it's no no big surprise that the total's 210 and a half. I think this is just going to be a a slow slugfest that you don't want to get a lot of exposure to. You know, for me, it's just a potential value play with Olenek. With Orlando, the Gordon news is important to me. Because if he plays, then I don't really want to go to any of the starters. Aminu has been playing and getting solid minutes. He had 25 minutes in the last game, played really well. If Gordon is out, then I would still look at Aminu as a value play on both sides. And then Michael Carter-Williams, I've said before, I don't really like playing point guards against Miami. And I saw his price on DraftKings, and I said, good, I don't have to worry about him at 6000 But then I saw him at 4900 on FanDuel. Yeah. And that's that's a bit of a carry, <clears throat> but uh, probably won't go there in the end. There are some value point guards on this slate as well that I think I'm going to like a little bit better. So, to me, it's it's you know maybe a value play with Olenek, and then we'll see about Orlando depending on the Gordon news.
1: Yeah, you know this is interesting. I mean, the fact that Fournier and Bam out really muddy the waters for me because this would have been an easy pass game and just chug on down the road because of all the statistics that you mentioned. But, you know, it, it makes me pause because Fournier is, you know, he never saw a shot he didn't like and he gets him up and that really plugs up the, the rest of the offensive flow. So with him out, I mean, it does spell a possible strong game for Vukovic. And then when you double that up with Bam, not there to defend him, You know, and he's going to be defended by, uh, you know, Olenek and and Precious. Then you know that makes uh, you know him Vukovic very very uh, rosterable. But you know you got to pay the piper on that one in a game that could be like you said slow and lower scoring. So I'm extremely tempted. I will play a GPP for sure with uh, Vuk in there because he he has a potential to break the slate in a game like this. I mean, the fact, like I said, with 48 out and Bam not playing, I mean, it, it's got to, you know, ring a bell in, in uh, at least in my head somewhere. Um, so I'm a little interested there. And then exactly what you said on the other side, you know, the only problem with, with rostering Vuk is, like you mentioned, there's two or three monster value centers that help you build your entire lineup that are way underpriced because they're going to be forced into uh major roles uh that they're not usually in and that really makes a deterrent for Vuke. now you know on DraftKings uh or Yahoo you can you have some flexibility there but but not uh on FanDuel um but you know Olenek has to be very highly looked at here because his price is still low it's a really good matchup for him uh, You know, he's going to get the minutes. That's where they're shorthanded. So really, uh, Olenek's my favorite player from this game. Uh, But again, you know, he's listed at center on FanDuel. So that's going to take a spot up uh, in that spot. And the bummer is he used to be a power forward on there, which would have been nice. So, uh, you know, I'm going to look there. I'm with you on the I'm staying far from the Miami guards for a long time because, it's just all jammed up. But I will say this, and I'd like to get your opinion on it, because when I was done, I just sort of skid, skipped by it. But I pulled some uh, basketballreference.com stuff when with Bam off the floor, guess whose usage just absolutely skyrockets as far as scoring, rebounding, even assists. Butler. Butler. Exactly. So, I mean, he basically, cause he's like a, a one through five, you know, he just sort of fills in those spots, gets all those loose rebounds that, that Bam usually gets. So man, is he tempting to pay up for here? And I know he's brutally overpriced, but are, have you considered him?
0: I, I am. I, I have, I will. I agree. It's a great spot for him. And I was surprised that his price was quite that high. I mean, it the sites really are ahead of that. He he deserves it with Bam yeah. out, but man, mid nine Ks, so you know maybe a, maybe a GPP option, but uh, yeah, pretty pricey.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of tough ones like that that look so good, but you you can only play a few of them. I mean, if he was sitting at like eight eight or something, then it's a piece of cake. But and that's used to where he used to be. Right. But uh, yeah, so a little bit of a headache there. I think the game is a little bit better than it shows on the numbers because the guys that are sitting out. Right. And, uh, you know, all definite nice pieces there in that game for your GPP, anyway.
0: All right. Let's go to the next eight o'clock game Philly and Chicago. Both of these teams are also on the front end of a back to back, and it's a total of 227.5. Chicago favored by three and a half with the big guys out and and Simmons. And then with Chicago, we might have Laurie Markkinen and Otto Porter back in the lineup. They're yeah. both listed as probable. So how do you sort this one out? Well, it's pretty easy for me. I mean, you know, the, the usage
1: that you lose with, uh, Simmons and, and Embiid out is, is almost comical. Uh, so, I mean, talk about opening up the flood doors for these other guys. Uh, you know i can tell you right now i'll just the first two guys in my lineup on draftkings fanduel and yahoo i've got all th- uh, both of them plugged in are my two favorite plays of the day on uh, the entire slate and they're both from this game and that's shake milton and tobias harris i don't care what the prices are i don't care what the scenario is uh, you know shake is 4200 on fanduel for crying out loud and tobias is 6900 i mean It feels like stealing with those two guys. Um, I mean, they're plug and play 100% every lineup, cash, uh, GPPs across the board. I mean, all of that usage is going to go to other places. Maybe you have some thoughts of where else it would go. But those are the two that I like the best when you consider everything price, value, the whole nine yards. And, uh, you know, so those guys are plugged and ready to go. And on the Chicago side, with Mark and Porter back, even though they may be limited, it, it just, you know, also uh, muddies the water a bit there on the usage side. Zach Levine is just way too expensive to go against this good defense. Um, you know, Philly's the second best defense in the league. Uh, Chicago's 18th, so, you know, feel, uh, you know, feel like comfortable that Philly's going to get some points, even though they're shorthanded. And the great part about this, Andrew, they're sixth and seventh, respectively, in pace. So I wouldn't mind having some, uh, you know, uh, somebody from Chicago here. But I'm just not sure who I want to plug in there, if anybody, just because I think that now that they're healthier and playing well, you're going to see a pretty good rotation. And with all the the choices, you know, it it starts getting, you start getting nervous spending up because you got the Temples and Valentines and, you know, all these guys, Sadoransky and, you know, Wendell Carter, everybody's, you know, chipping away at it. So it's not as easy to go for Levine at the pay up or Kobe White at the second number with, uh, you know, with everybody sharing some of that usage. So I I want to have one more person exposure from this game, if, but I know I'm going to at least start with those two Philly guys and then take it from there.
0: Okay, I'm pretty similar. Uh, Tobias Harris is locked in for me as well, especially on FanDuel. He'll be the highest owned player on the slate, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, it make, it makes sense though. And Shake, uh, he could he could smash. I agree. He he should pick up a bunch of usage. I also like Seth Curry though, and if Curry is starting and they're going to bring Shake off the bench. Then you know Curry is the guy that I would plug in first on, especially on Fanduel. He's also only 4,200. Interesting that he's a shooting guard. Shake is a point guard. You could play them yeah. both. I mean, the, the Chicago True. backcourt is something we attack all the time, and to get two two guys that are going to be dominating the usage all night with a great price, I, you know, that's that's one way you could go. Uh, I also like Dwight Howard as a value play here again on Fanduel. He's expensive yeah. on DraftKings, fifty three hundred, but only thirty eight on Fanduel. Yeah, so he's right in that mix of you know how do we decide between uh, Dwight Olinick, or do we pay up at center? So he's in the mix for me again, even if he doesn't start. Don't let that scare you off. But uh, the other guys for Philly, uh, I don't think I'll go to, even though they could smash their value Green. Korkmaz, Mike Scott, uh, you know they're all playable, but uh, I'm going to focus on those other guys. And then we should... and,
1: and Howard's,
0: by the way, is a great
1: call. I mean, I think he's going to get my. The only reason I didn't mention him is I just I'm afraid he's going to get, you know, crazy ownership. And I know he's solid as a rock, but even with shorthanded, they don't seem to play him like crazy minutes. You know?
0: Yeah, I mean, you you you're expecting. 24 minutes, maybe 26. Right. So that's what I have, Matt. Too. Yeah. On the Chicago side, I'm not going to mess with any of those forwards. Too many guys. Uh yeah. No bargain prices. I agree that Levine's too expensive on this slate for me. Kobe White would be the only guy I would play, but I don't think you need to go there uh, because of these other values at guard. So I'm I'm going to fade Chicago against that number two defense and, and focus on the Philly guys. I'm with you. All right, the next eight o'clock game, we've got New York and Milwaukee. Milwaukee favored by eleven, total of two twenty-three. And looking back over the history of the season, this is one of the games that surprised me the most. Because when they played before, it was a 20-point blowout. But the Knicks had the win here. They beat Milwaukee <laughs> by 20 back in right. December. So uh, you know, this is one of those examples of, you know, careful if you predict a blowout, especially with Thibodeau. I mean, those guys are going to grind till the final horn no matter what, Um, you know, with it being a lower total, we've got New York with their 30th pace and their fourth-ranked defense, you know, the initial thought is, gosh, I probably don't want to get involved in this game, but, you know, Randall was excellent against these guys when they played before, as was Alfred Payton, and he's really cheap tonight, and we've got Derrick Rose and Rivers both out, and that last game before the break, Payton played 35 minutes. So they took minutes away from quickly. He's sort of running the show again. So so he's in play for me. Randall's a payoff option. Noel is still a good value. Assuming Taj Gibson is out, he's questionable. And then with Milwaukee, um, you know, slower pace, good defense. I'm not as excited about getting anyone from Milwaukee out there. Middleton is is playable for me again as on FanDuel. It's I feel like a broken record, but he's always cheaper over there. And I can't think of a matchup normally. If he's in the mid seven K range, I won't consider him because he usually is almost a lock for 40 fantasy points. And then with the guards, I'm gonna stay away from them with Drew Holiday back in the mix. He's played 18 minutes, then 18, then 23. So does he get closer to thirty here? Does he finally start? I, I haven't heard anything yet. And uh, with his price tag, I'm I'm just not going to go there yet. So Middleton potentially, and then I might go with one of these Knicks. Interesting. Yeah,
1: you know, this is a game I'm going to pass on. And, you know, not that there's not excellent players in here, but it is a double-digit spread, and that's a concern to me. And also, you know, when you're talking about, uh, you know, defensively, there's certainly some prowess here, fourth uh, and twelfth. So, I just uh, I just don't like the pace and feel of this game. I do think you know Milwaukee's going to come out serious, you know, after getting beat the last time. But you know I I'm not going Alfred Payton, even though I think he's going to get a lot of ownership and a lot of minutes. I still think IQ needs to to carve into some of those minutes. I'm surprised uh, Thibodeau's not going there. So you know even though the Rose is out. I still am hesitant because I think there is the potential for some split minutes, and you know, even when they're running Burks a nice decent amount, and or RJ Barrett moves up to the two, I, it just isn't a comfortable feeling against a backcourt now that has Drew Holiday defending for a good 25, probably to 28 minutes is what I have not projected at. So not going to go Knicks wise. Randall's wildly expensive, um, you know, and Giannis again, you know, the, this, in, on a slate like this, when you pay up for a Giannis, you know, same same boat again is, you know, it, it really ties you the rest of the way. Uh, certainly can't predict a blowout here. You know, like you say, it was reversed the last time. But, you know, the bottom line is, it is in Milwaukee. They're a double-digit favorite. Both of these teams can defend. And uh, it, it's just too crowded at the other spots. If it was a Three or four games slate, I would approach it differently, but it just doesn't scream to me that anybody needs to be
0: rostered with all these options. All right, well, we've got a much higher total in the next one, so maybe you're yes. more interested in Minnesota traveling to New Orleans. 239 total on that's Bet a, US. That's a number right there. That's right. Uh, New Orleans favored by eight. They're on the front end of a back-to-back. They're going to host Cleveland tomorrow. And with the injury news, we have... Uh, McLaughlin out for Minnesota. Yeah. We have Jarrett Culver doubtful, and we have JJ Redick out for New Orleans. So, are you saving some roster spots for this one? Yeah, I mean, I think
1: you have to. This, you know, these teams just fit the mold of everything you're looking for. You know, you've got solid pace in Minnesota being third. Uh, you know, New Orleans right in the middle of the pack, and then you have stellar 26th and 29th defense. So. You know, it just screams of a big scoring game, both teams well rested, you know, ready to roll. You know, with McLaughlin out, McLaughlin out, it's it does uh create an issue. You know, I I like both Rubio and Jalen Noel. I think they're both very well in play here. Uh because Noel is so cheap, he's only thirty six hundred uh on FanDuel. I think he's my secret squirrel, if you will, of the day, because he's playing well. Uh, you know, Lonzo is not a great defender, and I think he may be on him uh, a portion of the time. I think Noel's minutes are safer with McLaughlin out, but I think you can consider Rubio or Noel here or both because they're going to get uh, all the run and, and run the show in the backcourt. Certainly, Cat is a great payup up center in this scenario, But, you know, we just got done saying we have three phenomenal uh, values in Noel if Gibson's out and then Howard and Olinick. I mean, it's hard to not roster one of those three because it makes everything else work. But if you are going to pay up, I think Vukovic and then here with Cat are probably your two best uh, pay up spots. And they certainly, either one of them could break the slate. There's no doubt about it. Also, you know, in this game, I think uh, from the Pelican side, you know, who's going to guard Zion from, I mean, I don't know anybody can really guard Zion, but Zion has to be considered here. And his price has gone up, but it's still not to where I think it's going to be. I think you're going to, we're going to see him in a couple of weeks in the upper nines pushing 10K because he's just obliterating slates with his combination of, of rebounds and scoring um and some blocks and everything else Uh, so you know Zion's got to be considered here I like him better than Ingram if you know choosing between the two and uh you know love to have probably two three guys from this game and I think you know it's it's an important game and should be the highest scoring
0: on the slate yeah it wouldn't surprise me if it's the highest scoring uh and it's a a challenge to try to zero in on to actually roster here with those Minnesota guards, it, it probably will be site dependent for me. I like Rubio's price better on Fanduel, where he's only forty-seven. Yeah, that then over on DraftKings, Noel's thirty-nine and Rubio's six K. So if I was going to play one over there, it'd probably be Noel. Mm-hmm. Edwards is worth mentioning too because we talk a lot about New Orleans in that three-point defense. They They do not defend that line well at all. No. So he could take advantage of that. Lehman, if he starts again, would be a, a, you know, a cheaper option here and hope for some upside with three-point shooting. I I probably won't go there, but... Uh, See, I was tempted to say something, but after the Justin Patton thing. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know... I'm
1: not eating any more paper. (laughs) Right,
0: exactly. Um, He, you know at his price tag it wouldn't surprise me if, at all if he goes 7x so that's why i think he's worth mentioning not my favorite value play though and i don't think i'm going to pay up for cat because of all those other centers that you mentioned with new orleans yes yeah, zion a solid he was good against vanderbilt when they played before he had a he had a good double double uh bledsoe's been playing better uh Lonzo's playable. I mean this you know, Minnesota defense backcourt is not good. So sure. either one of those guys could smash. So that that's why I think it's challenging because they're all playable. So uh I have eleven point guards
1: that I wanna play <laughs> and I can only play two on Fandle, so that, that I don't know. Yeah, and that, Alonzo
0: is one of them. Yes. Yeah. he could have a great game. Absolutely, and that reminds me. You know, one of the themes of this slate are those two value teams, Toronto and Philly, that we've talked about. Some value centers, and the fact that I think there are a lot of options because there are so many value plays at different positions, and and so many uh, so many studs on this slate in decent spots. I mean, twenty two teams. It's uh, it's an interesting slate. You can really go a lot of different ways with it. No doubt. All right, the next game is one where I'm not sure we're going to want to go to this game much. It's Dallas and OKC. And remember, they played right before the break, and it was 87 to 78. Luka didn't play in that one. We think he'll be out there tonight in the back-to-back after your Mavericks had a nice win against San Antonio. And uh, Porzingis was good, as you predicted. Luka cruised to another triple-double, and now they get OKC, which is still ninth defensively. But uh, they are 30th offensively. And, and of course, Dallas favored here by 5.5. Low total, only 2.19 and a half. I'm not looking to get much exposure to this game with Dallas coming on the back to back, You know, especially if Luka and Porzingis are both playing. Porzingis has played on a couple back to backs this year, and he's been solid. But I'm not going to go to him on an 11 game slate. With OKC, they Dallas did a great job against Shea last time out, and then he was terrific the next game against San Antonio. So, how does he do today? I would think he would do better than last time, but uh, again, just not my favorite payup option here on this slate. Ty Jerome, again, is a value play I think you can consider. Still in the 3K range on both sites. Um, Horford. Man, you know, he stung me in that last one. I thought he would do better against Dallas. Didn't didn't shoot well that night. Uh, and on a normal slate, I would look there again at his price range, but uh, not with all these value centers tonight.
1: I'm with you, man. I mean, this game's pretty easy for me. It's gonna it's gonna be a, a pass city here. I mean, not just because that last game, you know, sounds like a halftime score, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, Dallas is on the second night of a back to back. I would assume Porzingis plays, but I would think he's going to try to reduce his minutes because it's a back-to-back, but that's, you know, we need to follow the news there because if Porzingis does sit, you have to consider buying up for Luca just, you know, for the simple fact that, you know, he's generally a 30-point triple-double when when Porzingis doesn't play. But if they both play, it's just crazy to spend up on a a low-scoring game like this. The pace isn't great. The defenses are getting better. Jay Rich really has Shea's number pretty much defensively. He's not done well against uh, Richardson. And so I think he'll, you know, with his price, I'm not going to go there either. And you really don't need to take any of the fringe guys. You know, the all those other guys we talk about all the time, you know, like the Baisleys and et cetera, Maladon. And, and then on the Dallas side, you know, the Jay Rich's Hardaway's, none of those guys are in play on this kind of a slate. And in a game that's pretty low-scoring, more than likely, um, it just it makes no sense to uh, waste a spot, I think, in this one. Excellent.
0: All right, let's transition to L.A. Uh, as we get towards the later end of the night, we'll have some stars out in L.A. as Golden State are going to be facing off against the Clippers. 2.30 total here. Clippers favored by 7. We have Wiseman Probable. With the health and safety protocols and everybody ready to go for the Clippers, so how about this one?
1: Yeah, and before we jump into that, not to cut it mid-section here, but I'm I'm pulling up my Golden State Clippers stuff. Just wanted to mention real quick, if you're watching this on YouTube, can you please hit the thumbs up? We'd really appreciate that. Hit you know hit the uh, subscribe button and hit the little button in the corner that is the alert that lets you know when our podcast post. Our podcasts are going to be popping up all over the place, seven-day-a-week NBA. We've got our big PGA weekly, and then we've got the MLB <clears throat> coming up in a matter of weeks here, so definitely want to do that, and it is a great time with all of those things going on to become a member at DFS Coach Talk. You can uh, jump right to our uh, website, dfscoachtalk.com. All the choices are on there. Explains what you get with each package. You can even go as little as a three-day pass for ten dollars. Try us out. Uh, hope you know for those that were on these three-day passes. Uh, we had some folks just absolutely smash it. Our newest member that joined right before the All-Star break uh, had a a, a big takedown last night <clears throat> and just uh, really crushed it. So who was it? Can we give him a shout out? Do you remember who it is, Andrew? Oh, I can't recall. I'll look it up when when you're going through your part, because I want to give him a shout out because I get so excited when we get new members come in to try us out for three days and they just smash it. It's like, let's do this, you know, so it's fantastic stuff. But um, you can do that or you can take advantage of the 149 special. Do you want to go through that for us? And I'm going to look for our guy here.
0: Yeah, that's on the bottom of the screen there. If you're watching on YouTube. You, if you can make your first deposit at betus.com.pa for 149 you get to use that money there, and you get a free membership with us until June 1st. So you get basically the rest of the NBA season for free because you're using that 149 on BetUS for your sports wagering action. So I uh, just can't beat it. Uh, we'd love to have you take advantage of it. So when you do that sign up, just use the promo code COACHTALK. And then let us know that you've done that on Twitter. <clears throat> Excuse me. You can find us at DFS Coach Talk. Let us know that you've done that. And we'll send you an email and get you into our Discord. That's where we give out our lineups about 20 to 30 minutes before lock.
1: Fantastic, man. And we have a bunch. I'll just give a real quick. I know we're pushed on time here uh, with, with everything going on. But we have some, uh, you know, c Chat one, Skyler, uh, Bross 0703 uh a big cash there and then uh D's D101 uh I think I said B Jordan already uh Bross 0703 um had a nice night he was up there real high the whole night Kev Swee crushed it and uh you know just a bunch of people with uh great takedowns Kev Swee um was the man that uh, you know we were really fired up about in brazo seven oh three two so great mentions there to those guys uh great to see them killing it and we're we're hoping to get right back after it again tonight all right, let's dive into that you set the the groundwork for this golden state clippers game uh, interesting we've got uh <clears throat> a pace here of golden State second and the clippers twenty seventh so Monster pace-up game for the Clippers, which which gets you a little interested, but a concern on the Golden State side for that reason. Golden State is fifth defensively, and the Clippers right square in the middle at 15th. They're finally getting their heads above water. Um, with Wiseman probable, it looks like these teams are at full strength, and, you know, it's a seven-point spread and 230. So this game, you know, becomes extremely interesting. I mean, you know, I'm still... On large slates like this, when you have a scenario with two high-priced guys in, which I think are fairly high-priced, uh, you know, with Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard, you know, it's uh, y- you have to, you know, take a look at it and see, you know, who's is it worth the play? You know, what's what's the situation there as far as salary? Because, you know, if you're going to pay up, you want to have a, a concrete feel that that's going to be the person that dominates, uh, play. Um, so some, some interest in the Clippers side, just because of the pace, you can get some value here, but it's risky value. You know, the Abacas or Beverly's, you know, guys like that, Reggie Jackson, different ones that are pretty cheap. Uh, but you know, on a given day, they can disappear in the woodwork. Uh, and it's, it's a little bit hard to determine, uh, you know, if it's safe enough, GPP. Absolutely. Um, from the warrior side, Steph Curry, always a threat, you know, Pat Bev defense always scares me though. Um, Wiggins, I you know, has sort of hit the skids again a bit, you know, really Kelly Oubre, his price has gone up so much, but he's been terrific. And Draymond, you know, on a given night uh, could be terrific, but he's going to get some of that Clippers defense. So, I know this is a a 230-ish game here, Andrew, and there's probably some good gems in this game, but they're just not quite making my buy-up and not quite making my value. I just don't have a particular, uh, you know, even one-off here that I feel real
0: comfortable uh, recommending. What about you? Very, very similar. You know, if you look at the two games these teams have played, total of 209, total of 220 nobody really stood out you know overall certainly not in both games they smothered steph in the first game he only scored 13 points yeah but then he was awesome in the second one 38 points and 11 assists i so, remember that one too yeah we faded him <laughs> yeah and he reminded us all that he can smash against any matchup yes. so he you know there's a how about a, that three-point contest brother oh yeah is that sick that was awesome i mean oh as my you would expect God. you know finishing it on that last shot and then and then how about Steph and Lillard in the All-Star game, hitting shots from half court? You predicted that in the All-Star uh, podcast. Yes. Uh, that was really fun to see that one play out. I mean, I thought that they would do it, but
1: the fact that they made them, I mean, it's just insane. I, I couldn't believe it. Truly amazing. Just absolutely
0: yep. beautiful shooting. Uh, <laughs> it's, I mean, one of the great reasons to watch the NBA these days. It really is. To watch is. those two guys do their thing incredible um I didn't write down anybody else from Golden State I don't trust anyone else in this matchup and with the Clippers I Kawhi and Paul George are playable Beverly like you said is a value option that is hard to trust but could do it he's been playing better and then the one other guy I mentioned as a value play is Batum he's been like clockwork getting 30 minutes kind of under the radar he hasn't been as productive as he was early in the season but at 4,100, FanDuel, uh, th- there's a value play that's not so cheap uh, without like the huge ceiling, but uh, a decent uh, value play, I think, tonight. I'm with you. All right, two games to go. We've got the Phoenix and Portland battle coming up next. And this was a blowout uh, back in uh, February, just a, a few weeks ago, when they played in Phoenix. The Suns smoked them, 132-100. to 100. And we've got a a Phoenix favorite again here by four and a half, 226 and a half. This one's going to be played in Portland. Big news here. We've got Cam Johnson out, and then Booker is questionable. If he sits, then Chris Paul really vaults to the top here in this awesome matchup. Portland 28th defensively. We attack their backcourt any chance we can get. And he didn't do much in the first matchup because Booker was doing all the scoring. He had 34 points in only 29 minutes, and then they didn't have to do much in the fourth quarter. So we'll have to just see if Booker's playing uh, or not in terms of Chris Paul. If he's if he's playing, then that could be an interesting GPP option. Booker's at a reasonable price on both sites with the great matchup. So uh, we'll follow the news on that one. Aiton is playable for me uh you know and you'll get him at really low ownership cuz he's a lot more expensive than the cheap value guys today less expensive than the guys you mentioned like Vucevic and Towns but he's got canter defense on the other side uh so pretty pretty tasty matchup for him with Portland I will consider Lillard I know it's a tough matchup with the likes of Chris Paul and their sixth ranked defense but I you know I think he's going to really be feeling the good vibes from the All-Star game and it'll be interesting dynamic how do you think it's going to play out because Lillard and Paul were sort of buddy buddy there on the All-Star team but uh historically you know it's going to be much different when they're when they're squaring off against each other
1: Yeah I mean they have a long reputation of not getting along so it was they obviously buried the hatchet you know, it's it's amazing. I I don't know if you've noticed this, and I, and I hate to throw us out there and take time because it's such a long podcast. But it just, just it's amazing to me how different the game is being approached now than it was just one year ago. Today, by the way, is the anniversary of the day Gobert touched the mics and it was shut down. I was thinking it was yesterday, but it is today. Right. And it and it's just a metamorphosis morphosis of what's happened. Like. You watch these players now. Yes, they're intense, they play hard, but if you've noticed, there's a a different if it I think it it's the year that everything's gone on, with COVID, of course, with the shutdown, the appreciation of that, all of the civil unrest, the you know, the Black Lives Matter stuff, all of these things, you know, usually happen in a 10 year or 20 year period, let alone one year. I mean, it's enough for a lifetime in a year. And I just see a difference. I see everybody playing hard but i every game now you see players from the other team help somebody up they're cordial they make sure they're okay you know that happens almost every game where you know that was a sign of weakness a year ago you know you stood over the guy when he fell down and you never helped him up and i don't know how all that stuff came into play but i love that the fact that the game is back to a respect thing now and i think that's part of how like lillard and paul the reasoning Yeah. And the loss of Kobe too. that all is happened. And so, you know, I think that's the reason you're seeing a lot of these people, you know, sort of look at life and say, hey, you know, we are so blessed to have this opportunity and putting some of those bygones to the side. So it is fun. I don't think it, it will affect things as far as these two go, because they're just such phenomenal competitors uh, I'm with you, though. I think if Booker sits, Chris Paul is going to be one of my guards. It's just that simple. The statistics show it. You look at the usage. He spikes up, and he's playing great ball. So if Booker's down, Paul's in for me. The only other guy that I'm very tempted, and you said it exactly right, if you don't pay down or pay up, DeAndre Ayton could be your answer because he is going against Cantor. And if, if Booker sits, then Ayton's going to get a lot more opportunity and becomes even a better play. If Booker plays, I probably won't go there. I'm not going to go with Lillard in this game. I think, uh, yes, that was awesome, but I, you know, Lillard's been playing his ass off. You see some of these games down the stretch. It's just incredible. And I think if there's anybody in the league that could have used that rest this weekend, it was him, let alone him being in there in crunch time, hitting the game-winning shot, doing all of that. So... I don't think he's going to be quite fresh enough that I feel it's it's a great move to jump right back on him here, especially with Chris Paul and Monty Williams top 10 defense uh, on that side. So really, in this game, you know, I need the Booker News to make my decision. Uh, We'll we'll definitely look at Chris Paul and consider Aiton, but. Uh, on the Portland side, you know, I have a, another mid-price guy, though, with Aiton is Cantor. I mean, you can consider him. He's been a rebound machine, and even though Aiton blocked some shots, he's not an adept defender like some of these guys. So you can think about him uh, there. But we really don't – you know, this this isn't a fun day because you don't have to go 10 minutes on Derek Jones and, and Gary Trent and McAl Bridges because these guys – just don't aren't in play for me
0: on a 22-team slate. All right. Well, the last two teams of the 22, we've got Houston and Sacramento, and this total has been bet up on BetUS to 231. Sac- yeah. Sacramento favored by four and a half. Houston on the front end of a back-to-back. They have to go to Utah tomorrow, and they're going to play without Wood tonight still. House is still out. Kurooks is out. We've got Eric Gordon questionable. And on the Sacramento side, Hassan Whiteside out. Halliburton coming back on a minute's limit. What are your thoughts on the final game of the night? Well, I, I think,
1: you know, I like this game. I mean, it's I think you need some exposure here. You've got uh, the fourth and tenth pace in the league, so that's wonderful. Houston is hanging on to tenth defensively but sinking, and as we all know, Sacramento is dead last, 30th. So definitely want to go for a couple of Rockets here. I think unless other value opens up, Uh, And other than that center spot and some of the Sixers, really, uh, the Rockets, you can get some good value here. Um, You know, of course, you could pay up for Waller Oladipo. I like both of them, are, are certainly in play. I really like Oladipo here. I mean, there's rumors they're trying to move him, showcase him a little bit. And if you notice, when he's in there, even a few games before the All Star break, he is firing it up. So, Oladipo uh, has a great chance of making my lineup. Uh, I definitely would consider Wall, and then as far as you know, you know Sterling Brown and, and uh, Jay Sean Tate. If you really need value for a spot to make the rest of it fit, they're not bad. They're going to get decent minutes, especially if House is out. I'm not going to go as far down as Tucker though, by any stretch. And then on the Sacramento side. You know, it's just some of these guys have been priced so high. I mean, Rashawn Holmes, and unfortunately, is a center where there's 12 good centers you can play for, or, you know, he's a perfect fit in a game like this, and I'd love to play him, but I just don't see how I'm going to fit him in there. Maybe on a DraftKings or Yahoo where you can play multiple bigs. I think Holmes deserves some some play. Fox is just a little too expensive for me. Uh, and same with Heald and even Barnes, their prices have gone up because their games are so high scoring. Um, you know, if you can afford Fox more power to you, but that point guard spot is just Chuck loaded today. Uh, I can see Oladipo for sure. Possible second value guy from the Rockets and a a long look at
0: Holmes. Okay. Yeah. Very similar. Oladipo, number one choice here. And on FanDuel, you've got good values on Eric Gordon if he plays, Sterling Brown, Jay Sean Tate. They're all about $700 to 1000 cheaper than on DraftKings. So you could plug one of those guys in and uh, totally echo what you said on Sacramento. It's a different slate. I'd be all over Holmes, but probably not tonight. So that wraps up our 11-game slate. Uh, you know, Stop messing around here. Join us for the rest of the season. Uh, go through BetUS for 149 Let us know that you've done that. Or just go straight to our website, dfscoachtalk.com. Sign up for what our, whatever length of membership you want. I mean, we're here to help you with this podcast, but we also want to help you build winners. So come join us, and we'll give out our lineups about 20 minutes before lock tonight. We're going to keep rolling along, and we'll certainly be back tomorrow with another uh, podcast for you with a, with a big slate. So on behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Andrew Hansen. We'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.